Hey guys, welcome to episode 13 of the Mike on the Mic podcast. Um, Today we are recording a new episode um, with one of my best friends since probably the day we were born. We feel, I feel like we've kind of known each other since then. Um, But one of my best friends, Taylor Briggs, Um, we're going to talk about a bunch of uh, fun stuff today, kind of like uh, growing up together, um, just memories we have with that, like what it's like being homeschooled, uh, a lot of things that we share love for. and a whole bunch of other stuff but welcome to the podcast thank you thank you for having me i'm excited yeah this will be this will be a fun one to talk about all the funny things we've uh been through together and all the all the fun stories for sure yeah we got a lot of them so um the first thing that you said you mentioned i don't actually remember how we met which is kind of bad but it feels like we've just known each other forever so do you remember exactly how we met i mean i'm kind of the same boat as you um searching back in my memory banks like the last the the first memory i have is at a sarasota baptist church car show and you know i'm sure our dads were walking around you know checking out the cars <laughs> looking at all the cars and googling over all that stuff and and we kind of wandered off and and i remember just sitting up in one of those little windows in the breezeway uh by the youth building and just like talking and i don't even remember what we talked about and but just like sitting up there um that's like my first memory that and playing little league together yeah because we started playing baseball together before that moment but i don't think i mean that was like probably that first time where we actually talked a lot and i don't like you said i don't remember what we talked about but we were what like five or six years old at the time yeah we were young. so <laughs> so who knows what we were talking about but we shared our um our first deepest darkest secrets with each other i believe that day too yeah something about hot showers you like hot showers that's what i was gonna say i can't remember what i said but I do remember that. I remember, you know, like, I, re- I like hot showers, like really hot showers. And I, I kind of thought to myself, like, me I too. Guess. I didn't think that was a secret. <laughs> okay. Mike is just a weird person, but nah. I guess I vibe with it. Um, other than that, though, like, we've, we've literally played on the same baseball team against each other on yeah. baseball teams. Um, we both grew up homeschooled. Um, and we've, we actually still have a lot of the same friends that we grew up with now. Um, and it's crazy because, like, you think, like, you know, as life goes on that you feel like some friends stay and obviously some friends go. But, like, the same group that we've always been, like, me, you, and Andy and, and a whole bunch of other guys have all been still, like, in touch. And it's been really, really cool. And, like, you guys get to be in my wedding. Yeah. Which is definitely crazy because, like, not a lot of guys get to say that, like, they've known their, their groomsmen since they were almost born. But I could say that I've known a good majority of you guys since, since we were born, which is crazy. Um, but what do you, do you have any early memories of us like playing baseball together or like any like fun, like our keys trip with, with our group of guys was definitely a lot of fun. Yeah. That was like Peyton, Adam, Jacob and Andy. That was a lot of fun. I just got a bunch of Snapchat memories from that. Like probably, uh, I don't know, a little while ago, a couple weeks ago, yeah, a couple probably, weeks yeah. ago that popped up. It was funny. I got videos of me throwing the wet napkin in uh, uh, the bathroom <laughs> stall with Andy and then his reaction to that. And then, uh, me throwing a toilet plunger in your shower. <laughs> um, I got that video somewhere. Everything on that trip involved you throwing things at other people. And slapping Andy and with And slapping fish. people with fishes. That and was funny. <laughs> that was a fun trip. Really great time. I do want to go back. I want to do that again soon. But Definitely. Um, early memories, I mean, it really was just baseball and, and like showing up to your house and, and knocking on the door and be like, hey, uh, is let's Mike go play baseball. Is Mike done with school? Can we go play? <laughs> And uh, we just go outside and play like wiffle ball, uh, baseball, whatever, basketball, football, anything we could do. 
Um, I remember playing wiffle ball in our pool cage, and we had so many like specific rules on like, where the <laughs> ball would hit, if it was a home run, if it was an out. Um, what like if we hit in the jacuzzi, it was a triple. It was it was wild. It was a lot of fun. Though. It's a miracle we didn't hurt ourselves running around that that yeah. pool cage all the time. If, you think about <laughs> it. if I try to do that now, I'm definitely hurting myself. But uh, another thing, as you say that, um, another cool thing that like you and I got to experience more so than other people that we grew up with. We literally lived. Growing up, we grew up like literally less than what five minutes apart. Yeah, or less. definitely. Probably, like we're probably. a bike ride between each other's houses, and it wasn't even a. It was like maybe a ten minute bike ride. Yeah, it wasn't. You could get there by ride. like two minutes in a car, but at the time, obviously, we were too young to drive. Right. I remember <laughs> I'd ride my bike over there, kind of a lot. Yeah. It was fun. Get a little exercise. Go out there. Wouldn't have to bother my parents to drive me around. Um, I remember just calling, calling, dialing up your number. Uh, I was usually like Mrs. Pohl or one of your sisters for some reason answer the phone. I'm like, hey, can Micah there? Can Micah play? And if it was yes, and I was hopping on my bike and I was going over. Definitely. Um, the other, uh, what was the other thing I was going to say about that? Okay. With baseball, I remember we spent, we had like sleepovers almost every weekend for a solid like three years too. Yeah. That was fun too. Like just, I mean, honestly, I remember spending entire weekends at your house and same for you at mine, but like right. we wouldn't even, I'd pack like, a weekend worth of stuff and we just like hang out and and at the time i think you were even in the baseball cards for a little bit at that time oh yeah so like we had that to, to do we would like play baseball with each other video games were not really a part of anything yet no but um just remember playing computer games like mini clip on the computer was a lot of fun <laughs> like there's a whole bunch of stuff like we do it every, it was almost like every single weekend you could look forward to doing that i mean obviously if you had your school done and you didn't get grounded or anything like that right for right. either one of us because i know that happened quite a bit for me and probably did for you too but um but yeah that was definitely a that was definitely a fun thing to to look forward every week to look forward to every week was being able to go over to taylor's house and and spend the the weekend there for sure yeah yeah and we were homeschooled so like we could kind of like choose our own like we could not really choose our own schedule, but like you were, it was in your hands. Like there was no, there was no like school schedule. You have to wake up at a certain time or like you have to get everything in by a certain time. You could right. really kind of make your schedule and make it how you wanted to do it for sure. Yeah, that's, that was definitely nice. You know, having more of an open schedule of homeschooling. Um, I loved it. You know, I, you, like you said, you don't have to wake up at a certain time. I mean, we wouldn't sleep all throughout the day, but you know, you wake up at like nine, ten o'clock sometimes. You just go pop in a disc and you know listen to your lesson, do your schoolwork, and basically you just skipped out on the long lectures and the class time that was just filled up with you know just fillers. You know they just try to kill time sometimes. You know, um, so my basic routine as I got older and more independent, I'd wake up whenever I woke up nine, ten o'clock, pop in a CD on the computer, listen to my lesson, do my schoolwork. Um, whenever I got that done, I was, it was probably between like one, two o'clock and I'd yeah. probably just go either to my neighbor's house or your house and see if anybody wanted to play and, I don't know, play some sports, do something. Anything outside. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, we spend a lot of time outside. Yeah. That's, and I think that's part of the reason why I don't like going outside a whole lot now is because I used all that time when I was younger. But, um, the... The homeschooling thing was good too because it kind of like i mean it didn't really it was a good thing and a bad thing but it like kind of shields you from the outside world and like the different things you'd have to go through at school with like my like my wife Lindsay tells me all the time she's like yeah like kids would like even in middle school like kids were hooking up with each other and right. like there's drugs being passed around the 
the kit, the bathroom and stuff like that when you go in there and it's just like that's something you never had to really even worry about if you were homeschooled that's something that like your parents obviously put you in that position so you wouldn't have to right but it's something that we can say that we were connected with and definitely like i think we were both brought up in really really good households for sure just because of that but yeah definitely and it does it, that's a good way of saying it is like it you you get kind of shielded from it and protected from it in a good way in a bad way like when you get to college let's say you're homeschooled all the way through high school and you get to college and then you're kind of exposed to all that you can either take one or two routes you can just kind of jump right in and kind of go crazy because you finally have that freedom um or you can uh basically like stick to your guns and and uh, deal with it more responsibly but um yeah, I, I feel like there's a stigma about homeschooling is like you don't have all the social interactions and where you might miss out on having a massive class, you know, a massive graduating class or something like that. We were lucky enough to have a good organization and have a good, you know, homeschooled group in our area to where we basically went to school. It was just like yeah, two, two days a week mm-hmm. or three Tuesdays days a week. Tuesdays and Thursdays, yeah. yeah. And we... Um, and I guess the other thing is too, like people say, like, "Oh, you're homeschooled. How do you have friends?" And like, it's so funny because like I look around and I'm like, I have like literally almost all of my friends I have now are because of homeschooling. Like, yeah. and not only that, it's like I that, I feel like that helped me to like push myself to go outside of like my comfort zone and making friends because I was like, well, I have a great solid set of friends right now, but like I know I need to get get out and obviously and obviously spread my wings a little bit too with that. But yeah, it, it sets you up for. I mean, like like you said, failure and also for success, for sure, it kind of is your choice. Yeah, but and that's like any stereotype. Um, there is some truth to it. You know, there's some kids that don't aren't very social or don't really have a lot of friends because they were homeschooled or something like that. But um, it's not all cases, obviously. Yeah, and I mean, it was funny too because like I mean, we had some kids that like you look at and we'd say like because I mean we were homeschooled, but like you could look at them and say like you can definitely tell they're homeschooled or like you can tell this family's homeschooled or like. <laughs> but at the same time like you're realizing you're talking about yourself like what other people think about you and stuff like that so that's kind of funny just to think back on that too like just looking at other families and saying wow you can really tell they're homeschooled like yeah it's just people are people people are different you know? yeah pasty white people and <laughs> <laughs> I know <laughs> I know I'm part of that I'm part of that crowd um, but along with um, the homeschooling um, like I said baseball really stayed constant for all of us all the way up through high school um and playing on i don't know did we ever play on a travel team together do you ever remember no, i never did travel ball until after my junior year uh and then i did florida bombers which was a mess and then i did uh rbi pirates which okay. was great that was an awesome experience um but yeah i never did like sarasota little league or you know babe ruth or anything like that okay so that's where you kind of broke off then because I don't remember, because I know we played Sarasota Baseball League together for yeah. a couple years, and then several of us went to Babe Ruth, and I didn't remember if you were part of that no, group that did. I went straight to Manatee Heat. I had a late birthday, so I think I got an ex- basically an extra year of playing uh, Little League. Um, my parents, you know, not to discredit them, but they just didn't know what they were doing as far as trying to get me to the next level or anything like that. They just knew I loved baseball. So, you know, they put me in the local, you know, Little League. I played there for, I don't know, from when I was six to when I was almost 13 or just turned 13. Mm-hmm. And then uh, straight to Manatee Heat, the homeschool baseball team in the, in the area. That was a big step. You know, I do wish I kind of could have gone back and gone a different route, I guess. But um, 
I don't know. I am where I am today because of it. So, what exactly? What part of that was hard though? Like just like the step up in talent, the step up in like expectations. Um, like everything. I mean, it was a huge step from playing with a bunch of kids that were like 11, 12, 13, and I was kind of the oldest and kind of I was usually you know the best on the field at the time or one of the best. Um, to stepping into a place where I was probably the worst, you know, um, strength, speed, all that stuff. I was in eighth grade, and it was a varsity team. Um, it wasn't a big, you know, seven, eight, eight, eight high school, but it was. Uh, they were they were a good group of guys when I got there. You know, we were, we had good teams until, you know, I guess my junior year we started kind of tapering off. We lost a lot of seniors. That's when I joined, right? Somewhere around that point when you yeah. were junior or senior. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, that would be yes. Mm-hmm. Not and that you had sophomore. anything. Not yeah. that you had anything to do with the downfall. I'm not oh, really going with that. <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, it was a huge step. You know, the field's bigger. The kids are throwing harder. Uh, I was weaker and and slower. And you know, they basically put me at second base because that's that's about the only throw I could make. Which is just funny to think back on. Yeah, yeah, it's funny to say that out loud. But that was the reality of it. Um, but that's that's what it is, you know. When you're eighth grade, you go through a lot. You start to develop. I know. I know. I came back the next year and I played outfield. You know, I played all three outfield positions, and my voice got deeper and I grew five inches. You know, <laughs> so I started hitting the ball a little bit and running a little faster, taking taking long strides instead of you know short choppy little five six ones. Um, and then obviously I developed from there. I, I played with a good group of guys, and there was a. Uh, I remember Cam Varga played with us my freshman year he was an eighth grader um and then he transferred out and went to sarasota high but he was he ended up getting drafted and he was just a very very talented baseball player and then he left and there was an opening at shortstop and so i just had to fill those shoes and i just kind of took it and ran with it and he went cam went on to play for the rays and anybody else no just the rays i i really (coughs) i want to touch base with him i haven't talked to him in years uh i know there's some drama and conflict going on with whatever happened um which i'm not going to get into that but because uh, i really don't have i don't have the details yeah um, it would just be hearsay but he was in the raid system though, he was yeah he got yeah. drafted by the rays in the second round or at the very end of the first i think he was like 30th overall okay um and he played with them for over a year probably two and a half years or so like something like that i remember going to see him in port charlotte in extended spring and everything was good. I mean, they, they, he was he was one of their top prospects. And I know he got married, and I don't know if that has anything to do with his decision. But he uh, decided to retire. It was all it was a, um, it was by choice. And he even said that on the uh, roster, it was like optional retirement or whatever. Like he he opted out, and I don't know what he's doing now. Yeah, it's crazy to think that he came out of Manatee Heat. Just like yeah. one of those things. It's like, well, it's a homeschooled team that. That's a homeschooled has a second kid first that, rounder. Yeah, exactly. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, that was that's one of the things for sure. Like both of us and playing on a high school team together was fun too. Even only it lasted a year. Yeah. Um, and that was definitely a learning experience for me too because I didn't play. I didn't even get to play much that season if I remember correctly. That year, my sophomore year, I spent pretty much the whole year on the bench if I remember. Yeah. With, it was with you, Andy, and Daniel Pierce was on the team, and oh, Gil yeah. was on the team, and Ty Winklemeyer was on the team, yeah, yeah. and there just wasn't really, like, there wasn't a whole lot of space. There wasn't a whole lot of, I mean, openings, really, on the whole team, but yeah. it was definitely a, it was definitely a learning experience for me. 
as a as a baseball player and as a person. Um, but that was definitely like doing that with you guys was a lot of fun for sure. Playing in the high school level, and then getting to play against you the next yeah. two years or one year. Uh, one year. One year at SES. That was fun. Um, that year of playing against you in a couple. I mean, they weren't really competitive games, I would say, but definitely playing against you as as one of my best friends was fun. Just from that competitive that competitive aspect, for sure. Yeah, that was always fun. That was a big that was a big decision in my life. Uh, back then, I I honestly felt really bad about it at first because I knew the rivalry between SCS and Manatee Heat. I know I'd been on the winning side. I'd been on the losing side um, when I was with the Heat, and then it was just the. We started losing at, you know, seniors graduated and, you know, a couple of guys, a couple of the younger guys would transfer to different schools, bigger schools, or trying to, you know, make decisions that were best for them to, to give them an opportunity to play at the next level. And I realized that, you know, the team was kind of going downhill a little bit and I wanted to play at the next level too. And I felt that Sarasota Christian was the best opportunity for me. Um, there was a lot of rules back then with transferring. I couldn't go anywhere except for Booker or another private school. Yeah. And private school was very expensive. You know, my parents couldn't afford it. Um, and then I remember Zach Quillen spoke with the board at SCS and talked to them about making a program to where they could accept homeschoolers again because they used to, they used to take homeschool athletes um, and allow them to play, but then it got complicated when... Uh, you know, a kid's paying $10,000 to go to school and he doesn't really play that much because the kid comes in and pays, you know, 400 to $500 for uniform fees and starts over the other kid, which right. I completely understood, you know, I, I get it. But so they made a, a program to where it was fair. You know, I was paying to go to school, but it was only part time, um, which that was great, too. I would show up late, leave early. I'd go home and watch TV. I remember... Uh, American Dad and Family Guy were on between like one and three, and so I'd get home at twelve thirty, turn the TV on, watch Family Guy, watch American Dad, and then uh, go back to school for workouts and and practice. That sounds nice though. And after, because this part, this is the part where I, because I know you went from like Manatee Heat to to SCS, but what did you do for your senior year again? Was that inspiration? That was my senior year. Oh, that was Sarasota senior. Christian. Yeah, that, Sarasota and then you Christian. went straight into State College of Florida. SCF. Okay. Yes. Yeah, my my whole your whole journey is kind of it's combo jumbo. It's crazy. It really is, <laughs> and it just it just goes to show you like what I said before. My parents and I, you know, not to exclude myself, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, but we, yeah, we had no idea what we were doing as far as trying to get me to play at the next level. You know, I just knew I loved baseball, and I was, you know decent at it you know so I just wanted to keep playing and I went to Sarasota Christian and you know we had a great year um, put up great numbers and and I had worked baseball camps with State College of Florida in the past and I remember emailing Coach Hill and basically just saying hey you know I have nowhere to play and he reached out and said you can come to a tryout come to practice um, it wasn't a it wasn't a trial. It was actually their practice. Uh, come to orientation, and I'll I'll leave a spot on the team. But it was a non scholarship. It was a preferred walk on, so that I had a spot for the fall, but no guarantees for the spring. Um, so I went there, and that was another big step. You know, massive step. You know, going there, the first person I played catch with, uh, his name was Kevin Bradley, 
and he was a transfer from Clemson. So, you know, he, he had gone to a D1 school, played for a year, and said, you know what, I want to get drafted. I'm going to JUCO. So he headed down to State College of Florida, and that's the first person I played with. Uh, left-handed hitting, shortstop, uh, just very talented ball player, and kind of just right there, it opened my eyes to the skill and talent these guys have. And that was the little fish again, you know, in the big pond. So I basically just had to go to work and work my butt off, and I ended up still getting redshirted, um, which ended up being great for me because it allows me to play, you know, to this day. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that was that was a fun experience. You know, junior college was was a blast. You know, anybody that plays baseball or plays sports in general, and uh, you want to go to college and you're just not getting like big offers, don't don't look down on a D one uh, a junior college offer. Uh, my whole lineup either got drafted or went Division One, and like some good ones. And then our bench guys who didn't really play much, they all went D two. So like the guys that didn't even really touch the field, they when they went on to play uh, and find schools and stuff like that. And SCF has always had a really really good baseball program too. That's one thing that helps a lot for sure. Like that's one of the best places you can go to to play baseball really in and I would say the southwest part of. Uh, or even the south part of the United States yeah, in general. They, they were what? Did they ever hit number one in JUCO? I feel like they were um, either at number one or they were close. They were number two in the nation when I joined the team. But that's, you know, preseason rankings have a lot to do with um, what you what you did last year. So it really wasn't anything I did, obviously. Um, I never actually played a game for them. Uh, I ended up being student manager to as a way to get a scholarship uh, because I was redshirted and just my job was to keep the book and you know I'd work out and train and practice with the team uh, but just never played in games but that was a that was a fun experience in and of itself you know being able to travel you know all the other red shirts didn't travel they they stayed back in Bradenton or wherever they were from if they were local guys and I have a lot of cool stories from that you know driving around on the bus by myself because they were taking BP and he sent me on errands, you know, I'd either go put in a pizza order for after the game or I would go, I remember uh, one of our guys, Scott Williams, he needed some cleats and we were in Tampa playing uh, HCC, Hillsborough Community College. Coach Hill pulled me aside and said, hey, I'm going to send you on the bus to International Mall, you're going to go to the New Balance store, you're going to ask for so-and-so, he's the manager, tell him you need the cleats for State College of Florida, for Tim Hill. And so I went to International Mall by myself in a charter bus, you know, just me and the driver. Um, that was odd. But went to the mall, went to New Balance, got the cleats, brought them back, and, and uh, Scott ended up getting drafted by the Rangers in, like, the 11th round or something like that. So That's crazy. I'd like to think I had something to do with that. <laughs> it's the shoes. Yeah, I get, I get nothing from that. No, Scott gave me his meal card, so I'm very thankful to Scott. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, that's kind of part of your that's kind of part of your baseball journey as you continue now. Um, and it's kind of funny too, because I like to look at it as like, I get to live, uh, I get to live vicariously through my friends in that way. Um, cause I stopped playing baseball after I got out of high school, but I've been able to watch Taylor go on to play. Now it's fourth year of college, fifth year of college baseball. Yeah, I guess this would be fifth. Just because last year didn't really count, but and Peyton played three, three and a half years till their college dissipated, and Andy played four years at, at his college. So like, just hearing and seeing you guys get to keep on playing baseball has definitely made it 
worth my time just to hear about it and and like be able to to still talk with you guys about it and stuff so that's been really cool um but as far as um as far as your journey as a student athlete um i know i've talked with andy about this um on one of the podcasts earlier but like give me your take on what what exactly like what's something you should expect like what's like what are the hard parts what's the easy parts like what do you like give any advice for a student athlete looking to be a student athlete in college or anybody that's there and like kind of feels like they're stuck or like what what would you say is something that that you would want to pass along to them or I mean really whatever something like that um just being able to manage your time and being able to say no to some things um because I I know like it's a lot to juggle you know, four or five, six classes. Um, you have homework due. Sometimes they're all due on the same day. You have three tests on the same day. Um, getting ready for finals week and all that stuff like that, and having to practice and train and work out and and then try to have a social life and hang out with your friends or, or whatnot. Um, but being able to say no to to like, I mean, a lot of things helped because I know kids that would skip class all the time, but they would never skip a party, and they would end up ineligible, and it really it affects more than just them, you know, it affects the whole team. This this past season, we had some guys like that, that, you know, they were at every party, but they wouldn't show up to class, and they'd fail out, and they were academically ineligible, and I know two specific big, big, uh, you know, playmakers for us, one was a shortstop, one was an outfielder, and two you know the outfielder could absolutely mash and he played for us the year before so we knew what he was capable of and they were both ineligible uh and it kind of put us in a tough position we had some some gaps to fill at that point and you know shortstop's a very huge position in college baseball yeah baseball in general yeah and baseball in general absolutely and uh you know our outfielder was pretty much he was a five-tool guy you know he hits for average power has a cannon, runs. I don't know what it, what it might Fielding. Play. He's a good fielder, yeah. He's just everything. He was, he's a very solid player. Luckily, we get him back now, so last year didn't count. Uh, I get to keep my stats, thank God, because I was hitting like 323. That's going to bring my first-year average up. Um, so, yeah, we get to keep stats, but every as far as the season, it doesn't count. Everybody gets eligibility back. Um, so he's coming back for one more year which will be nice to have him, nice to have both of them. They're both coming back as far as I know. But, yeah, no, prioritize things, you know, prioritize school, prioritize baseball or whatever sport you, you're going to play, and uh, just put in a lot of work on that. Because as it is, there's going to be nights where school and baseball are going to total up for, you know, 18 hours. You're not going to get that much sleep. So if you try to add in a lot of other stuff, it gets complicated, it gets uh, – messy and you kind of miss out on things that are important but that's my advice I mean as far as the experience it's, it's hard to describe because everybody's is different but it's it's awesome it's something that uh, I wish that everybody could experience it's definitely a is it like a I know it's not really a big lifestyle change but like obviously you have to like manage your time better than you do back at home Cause like you said, you're gonna have days where like you work like between your work or your baseball workouts, like you have to work out twice a day. You're at baseball practice. You have to go to you have to make your classes at the same time. You have homework that's due the night of. You have, I mean, it's a whole different, it's a whole different universe for sure. 
Yeah, and it all depends on where you go. If I was at some big D1, you know, big name school, my experience is going to be completely different than, a, you know, NAI school that doesn't have as much funds and doesn't have as much, you know, that experience. I'm not getting shoe, glove, bat deals and all that stuff. I'm not getting free batting gloves. Um, it's not as glamorous as a lot of people might think, um, but it is rewarding. Uh, like, I know we've had... The year before I got to Warner, we had a bus catch on fire uh, on the way somewhere. We made it a little, little viral on Twitter. <laughs> um, we've had guys doing donuts on the on the tractor in the infield when it was muddy, They're just messing around, having fun. Uh, we've had, gosh, all kinds of stuff happen. We've pulled up to some creepy-looking hotels. Um, we've also stayed in some nice hotels. That is one thing I'm really thankful for Warner. They always put us up in pretty nice hotels but that's pretty much where our budget goes then we go and eat at mcdonald's uh, <laughs> before the game not even after we just we'll go have a nice fast food pre-game meal and we'll all feel awful during the game but yeah it's it's funny i i definitely wish i could experience the big school um experience but i i'm grateful for warner for a lot of reasons and happy with the people i've met and my time there and you have anything you'd ever do differently at all? Like, would you think that there's anything you would change about the time you had there? Like, anything like that? Or do you feel like you're pretty satisfied with the way it's turned out? I mean, obviously, like, one thing that I've noticed just from looking the outside in, like, you've always had really bad luck with injuries, for right, sure. Right. I don't know if you can reverse that kind of stuff, <laughs> but I feel like every time we'd, like, catch up, like, hey, how's baseball season going? Like, oh, I tore my labrum, or I Tommy <laughs> John, I, like broke my knee you never broke your knee but like it felt like every oh time i like ask you is like you're always hurt and i felt like if you i always felt like if you had out of everybody that i knew like you had the the highest chance of like making it to the bigs for sure just because i knew you were super talented you had everything you really need but like it's always felt like you've always just had like that that health thing that keeps coming back to bite you for some reason and i just wondered like what like adversity wise that like has that helped you like get has that helped you get through stuff like what 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 goes through your mind like especially when you have Tommy John surgery for sure if anybody really doesn't know what that is it's a um, it's an injury to your pitching elbow it's your UCL right yeah ulnar collateral ligament you tear that and you basically can't throw anymore at least not hard and it's probably going to hurt and all that so they take either a tendon from your wrist or they take a, a graft from your hamstring and they basically like drill holes in the bones and sew it through. And they've gotten good at that surgery, luckily, and the success rate's higher. But yeah, I mean, it's it's tough to have setbacks and injuries like that. And I, I really haven't made it through a season without having at least some fluke weird injury that ends up nagging me for a while and uh, getting me out of the lineup or getting me off the mound or whatnot. But I know for, for like my elbow injury, tearing my UCL, um, I was, was there when that happened too. Yeah, you're in the stands. That was crazy. I that. Your dad, your I just remember the look your dad had on his face too. Whenever, like after you threw the pitch, it was kind of like your dad knew immediately something was wrong, and it was kind of a. It wasn't like an immediate like. I don't. I don't remember you looking like you were in extreme pain, but you kind of looked like you were a little bit shocked, like you felt something, and your dad yeah. looked like he knew exactly what happened right in that moment. And that was just like one of the. The moments in my life, I do remember, like, my, my heart sunk for, for you into my shoes, like, immediately. I was like, well, crap, like, I think, if I think that's what happened, then that's not good, but... Right. Yeah, that, that story's crazy, um, and that's kind of part of, like, my testimony, because I don't have a crazy 
turnaround testimony, but my like main struggle as far as like my Christianity is like kind of straying away, like staying, staying involved and, but kind of being distant and stuff like that. Well, that was a time in my life where I was having a ton of success. I was working my butt off. I was, you know, eating a ton of food, gaining a bunch of weight and going to the gym like six, seven days a week. And, um, just everything was going my way to a certain extent. You know, I was hitting well, I was playing shortstop. I was getting all these offers, um, from inspiration Academy where I was playing at the time. And then I, I go to pitch and every time, every time I, I went out to pitch, I'd pray before my outings. And I just basically say, you know, one of my favorite verses was second Timothy one seven. And it was, you know, paraphrases like for God has given you a spirit of courage, not one of fear. And so I liked that, and I liked saying that before I got on the mound, you know, hey, you know, God, give me courage, and, you know, help me to go out there and, you know, be focused and be on my game, and, I mean, life was good at that point. I was I was sitting 87 to 90. I could reach back and touch 92 when I needed to. My stuff was good. I was having a lot of success, and then, you know, that game, it was against State College of Florida, my former team, and I remember praying before the game, going behind the dugout. And I prayed, you know, different this time because I, I felt like I was always going to God saying, hey, God, you know, help me to throw well, help me to pitch well, give me some favor, you know, help me to perform well. And I felt like that wasn't really fair because then I'd go home and I wouldn't have, you know, as close of a relationship with God. I kind of just go do my thing, stay in my routine, working out, throwing, practicing, all that stuff. And then next time it was time to pitch, I'd pray, dear Lord, help me to do well, basically. Yeah. And so I felt that kind of guilt and and I sat there and I said, All right, God, you know, whatever happens out there, I know it's it's your will and it's your plan, you know, whatever whatever however it goes. And in my, you know, very limited knowledge, I'm thinking, I'm either gonna go out there in front of all these scouts and I'm gonna pitch really well and it's gonna be a great day and a great opportunity and I might get more offers and all that stuff. And or, you know, I might get shelled. And I might pitch really bad. And that those were my two options at that point. I, I didn't think about injuries at all. And first inning went okay. There was a couple fluke things. I think I gave up a leadoff double to Richie Rivera. Or maybe a leadoff triple. And then I pitched around it. I got a pop-up to second base for the second out. Well, what would have been? Yeah, it was the second out. And my second baseman misplayed it and ended up kind of like falling over. And Richie tagged on a pop fly to second and scored. So it's one nothing after the first inning. I go back in and I'm like, all right, you know, go out for the second inning. And I ended up, I remember a runner gets on third. I remember who it was, whatever. I get two outs and I got two strikes on this kid. And I remember that that second strike pitch was a fastball and I felt this pinch in my elbow. It wasn't bad, but it, you know, it felt like deep in there. Like it wasn't, it was like way inside my elbow. Not just general soreness. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a, pinch like a direct spot and I was like well that's not good I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and strike this kid out and then I'm gonna take myself out of the game and so I threw a slider next pitch and he checked he almost swung and just held up like right about the halfway point I think it was a good call I don't think he went but it was really close get the ball back I'm like all right I showed him off speed I'm gonna go back with the heater I'm gonna strike this kid out come out of the game you know the pain hadn't gotten better but it hadn't gotten worse I threw a slide or I threw a fastball at that point sorry and uh it I just remember when my arm got back like behind my head hearing and feeling a pop 
in my elbow that kind of like shot down to my fingertips and it was like it was painful but it also kind of went numb it was it was very strange and I basically went into shock right away I remember I like caught my arm it was limp and I like caught it with my glove hand and just called my pitching coach out right away and uh, I don't know it was kind of blurry after that I remember com- just coming out of the game and going to see Laura our athletic trainer at State College of Florida mm-hmm. um, who used to you know I used to be on that team it was kind of cool knowing her and just being able to walk up and be like um Help. hey something <laughs> happened you know but I knew exactly what it was when it happened and uh, it was just it was a big big uh roadblock to overcome but it is like I said it's part of my testimony now I had peace through that whole you know surgery rehab process I had peace knowing that hey I literally said whatever happens it's God's will and it was you know it obviously was yeah that was and then I, like I said I got unfortunately I got to share the experience with you but I mean that was definitely one of the crazier moments of my life seeing that in person yeah. Because um, I've always seen, you always see videos of it and stuff online, and or like you watch it in a baseball game, like in Major League Baseball game, and you see it happen, but like never imagined seeing that happen to one of your best friends for sure. But like you said, it's one of the things that, like, it, and it ultimately ended up just being a roadblock, thankfully, because you're still playing. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm grateful for that, that your career didn't end with that, with that pitch, and I was there for that. That would have probably been <laughs> one of my worst, like, that'd be like, I probably think I'd bring like bad luck upon you or something like that no, but yeah definitely but yeah definitely not um so kind of moving out from uh co- the college athlete life to uh more like we can kind of choose like i have a couple of different things lined up here we can talk either about music which i know we both have a big i mean a pretty big passion for um shoes or we can talk about the youtube video we made a million years ago about Ooh. me <laughs> so we have a couple different ways we can go here what, what would you think oh that's tough I mean, I, as cringy as it is, I think I want to see the YouTube video talk about that. Okay. Um, so it actually says, hey, oh, okay, never mind. Sorry, I see a notification on my phone that made me react weird. So eight years ago, um, not really sure when we made this because it says eight years ago, but it I'm pretty sure it was a lot longer ago. It was a collaboration that. of a bunch of videos that I collected <laughs> over the years. So. Know. And now it's 2020, so how old would we have been by that? I mean, we were in high school? Because there are some high school videos in here, some high school and middle school videos. Um, yeah, we were definitely in high school, probably freshman, sophomore year, something like that. So you're probably eighth grade freshman. Something along those lines. So yeah, this is a video that um, Taylor made himself with his cell phone at the time that was not Jeez. an iPhone. It was, um, it was about as crappy of a Android phone as you can find. So the video yeah. quality is not very good. But if you feel like you want to watch this video, um, either after you listen to the podcast or you can watch it with us, um, all you have to do is search my name on YouTube and it comes up, which is kind of funny. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. You just search Micah Pole and it comes up on YouTube. So um, I'm it up for myself. Okay. We can actually we can just watch it together on different phones. I don't know if that's gonna like trip up the audio or I'm something just like that. But, okay just so you can see like what's happening as we go along but um but yeah this was just kind of a it was a good summary of adventures that we had for a long time um and some of the things that we do in these videos are really just like you look back and wonder what we were exactly doing but (laughs) 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 (laughs)
Find the fence. Find the fence, hurry. Oh, I can't hear my voice. <laughs> no, Andy. And Andy. Andy. Andy's, they're trying to oh, get me to jump over a fence to, to get a baseball. Come on, pull up. And I get stuck here, I think, too. No, no. I think you did. <laughs> I was just trying to get you to you know, overcome your obstacles. We're you said we were making on, a memory. I'm, really such a, I'm such a used car <laughs> salesman. I'm like talking you into it. Come on, come on. Come on. It's you bad peer it. pressure. Ooh. Ow. Oh, you're ahead of me. Alright. Hey, clap for Micah. Clap for oh, Micah. There's Andy. Andy, sit on the camera. Yeah. <laughs> That's typically Andy. <laughs> yeah. Now we're talking about, it's totally black, but it's somebody farted, and you said you farted, and I asked if it was real, and I said, oh darn, or something like that. You said, it smells like something. <laughs> what did you eat? <laughs> what did you eat? I don't remember. You added the subtitles to this, too, which is even better. Oh, yeah, don't look at my YouTube channel, they're super Oh, there's Jacob too. This is the. This had to be a car ride on the way to a baseball practice or something. Definitely. Andy, Jacob, Micah, and I, and the Mrs. Pull up there. Oh man, that had to be sophomore year of high school, probably. If we were all on the same team. I guess so. All four of us, yeah, because we were all, we were all on the same team for only one year. I hate to think about the fact that I behaved like this as a junior in high school. <laughs> I just... You just kept the camera on me. I don't even I know what it was about. Yeah, it really wasn't anything. I had headphones in, too. I'm just trying to I don't even recognize this person that I'm watching. <laughs> like, who is this kid? Oh, this is on the way back over the fence. I don't have... I don't have that, though. You have... Is that Adam Miller? Yeah. Oh, Oh, I remember this. Yeah, this is this is the Andy's Andy's mom's car, and the seatbelt thing was giving you a hard time. Yeah, always taking videos of these moments. Dude, I have I have mine like synced up perfectly. Oh, really? Yeah, like. <laughs> this one goes in that one. This one goes in that one. It's already moving. Uh, like this car's been moving for a long time too. I'm like. I know, but you tried this. No, 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 That one plugs in, and then. I look high for some reason. Why do I look high there? Honestly, the funny thing is that I, I had no idea how to buckle that seatbelt either. <laughs> you were telling me how to do it, too. Yeah, I had no idea. We, we've just had so many memories. Also, let's, let's take notice what my shirt says, too. Actually, when it comes back up. I'm pretty sure oh, yeah. it says, warning, I do dumb things or something like that. Classic. <laughs> <laughs> I said everybody clap, Andy was the only one clapping. <laughs> that was a frustrating time, for sure. <laughs> Where are we at? Oh, we're almost done. Yeah, it's, it's actually oh, almost done, yeah. A couple of these videos take up the majority of it, but there's a couple good, there's a couple good parts for sure. Oh, there's me and my dog, Dakota. Yeah, he's, he's got to be an old man now. Yeah, we'll have to talk about that in a second, too. This is when we just got him, probably, a little bit around, a little bit around that time. 
Yeah, he's probably, he's probably had him for a little while. Maybe a year or two. Look at him, he's being such a good boy and you're, you're blowing on him trying to get him to to sniff, react. Sniff Taylor's shoes, walk away. I remember those shoes. Are you happy, Dakota? He <laughs> ran. He ran away. <laughs> Cut the tape. Oh, that was it, huh? Yeah, the end is kind of cool, too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Look at the picture. Wait. Is there a picture? Yeah, there? play yeah. it. It's me. <laughs> Filmed and edited by Taylor Briggs. Yeah, I gave myself a little... <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so on second thought, if, you <laughs> if you're watching this, don't do watch it. the video. Do it. Do not watch the video. The end is actually really cool. Um, <laughs> on As far as uh, Dakota goes, this is kind of a weird time to talk about it, but he's actually, he's on drugs. Uh-huh. He's on weed right now. Oh, really? He's on marijuana um, because he tore his ACL. No way. And he literally has three legs right now so he can't use his, his back left leg so he's literally like he's mm-hmm. hobbling around um he's going deaf he doesn't hear when the door opens anymore so he's kind of starting to hit the the downslide unfortunately but yeah he's he's hitting the i don't even realize i don't even know how long we've had him now right. it's probably been like at least 10 years well yeah i know i know but, since i would go over there and play go wrestle caleb and play football in the house and all that stuff he, he's been there so it has to be at least 10, 10. 12 years yeah. yeah yeah he's an old he's an old old boy now but yeah he's definitely he's starting to hit the hit the downside unfortunately but he's be an old man very old man um but we'll switch after that video um it wasn't as bad as i remember it was pretty cringy but i feel like it was <laughs> i think it was worse than i remember <laughs> oh man but that is created by you when you were much younger um i really bored yeah we were probably really bored but <laughs> hey that's part of what being a kid that's part of what make I don't even know what I'm saying. That's part of what being a kid makes... It's all about. Yeah, exactly. Part of growing we'll up. Just say that. Part of growing up. <laughs> I learned to stop making stupid videos on YouTube, so... There's a couple more. So if you want to look at Taylor Briggs' uh, YouTube channel, he has a couple funny ones. They're mostly highlights of me playing baseball. And that I look back on, I'm like, oh my gosh. Do you ever think, like, maybe if you gave your YouTube channel to, like, a school to look at, and then you, like, had that video of me on there? I think I did. <laughs> yeah. I, sent, I did send the videos. I sent the uh, YouTube link to schools, trying to get them to, you know, yeah, they look probably, at me. They probably saw my video and were like, "Well, who's this kid?" Yeah, we're not signing this guy. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> He's not even Taylor Briggs. Oh my gosh. Um, but one thing that, like, another thing that we've kind of, as we've grown older, we've definitely like kept an interest in shoes. Like, not so much that like. In the beginning, I don't really remember being in the shoes, but I think we both hit, like, a stage where both of us just kind of, like, went crazy and started, like... I know you, you buy and resell shoes a lot more than I do. Yeah. Um, but I have, in my possession, I have at least 20 pairs of tennis shoes, which I would never think I'd even get close to that when I was younger because I wore one pair until I beat them right. into the ground. But, like, I think at some point, both of us just started liking shoes a lot more. Um, and part of that I think just had to do with like um like culture there was a little bit more of a I feel like shoes weren't really cool until a couple of years ago like people really didn't start it didn't blow up as much at least that I remember right. unless I just wasn't part of it and didn't really see it but what got you into into like um acquiring and buying and selling shoes at the rate you do I don't really know like trying to think back I remember, like, in that video, I remember uh, the shoes that I was wearing I got from Goodwill. And they were nice, like Nike. I don't remember what the, exactly they were. 
but I remember finding two pairs of shoes, and they were both navy blue, a little bit of gray, and white. And one was like more gray than the other, and then one had more white than the other, but they were the same basic color schemes, different, uh, like they're the same basic shoe, but the different colors were in different spots, so they were different. And I remember like thinking like, oh, I need both pairs, you know, just switch it up every once in a while and have different, different kinds, different shoes, but they're the same colors. They're navy blue, gray, and white. And that's kind of my earliest memory of like wanting multiple pairs of shoes. And luckily it was at Goodwill, so they're like five bucks or something. Exactly, but, yeah. Um, I remember wearing those until they had like holes in them. Uh, so even then I wasn't just having a bunch of shoes, but as I got older and I remember senior year, going to Sarasota Christian, I wanted a pair of nice shoes to wear with our stupid uniforms. And so I got this like blue pair of shoes, wore those, and I think it really started when I got into college though. And I think it started because of people you look up to. You know, you look up to these celebrities, you look up to these pro athletes, these people who have the money, the funds to go out and buy six pairs of shoes in one sitting or go to, you know, flight club or whatever it is. Uh, Round two flight club, stuff like that, yeah. All that stuff to go buy, a, you know, $300 pair of shoes, and that's on the low end. You know, they're, yeah. they're buying thousands and thousands of dollars, spending thousands of dollars on one pair of shoes sometimes. And, um, obviously, I'm not there, but uh, I I think it comes from, like, who you look up to and seeing, you know, Mike Trout, he's got a shoe deal. You know, all these pro athletes have shoe deals and um, kind of wanted to be like them wanted to look like them, wanted to dress like them, and um, I just I just liked shoes and how how it kind of makes the outfit, I guess. I don't really think that much about fashion, I don't really talk that much about fashion, but um, shoes always caught my eye, and now I definitely can tell I'm getting older because now I'm really focused on what's more comfortable rather than how they look, per se, but... Um, yeah, I know buying and selling shoes just got me through college, basically. Um, I remember my first year, I would go to Ross and find some shoes for 30 bucks, and I'd, I'd list them. I'd, I'd know what they were worth uh, just from, you know, recognizing the shoe and seeing it somewhere else or something like that. I bought, I remember I bought a 2015 Air Max shoes, and they are like gray and orange, size like 12. And I sold them on eBay probably an hour after I listed them for a hundred bucks. And so I made like $70 profit. And so I just realized that I could do that. And I was like, I was capable of that. And that was just kind of very easy, low effort way to make money. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would do that here and there. And it's kind of tough because sometimes they'll sit in your house for months and months at a time and you won't sell them. So you really just have to be disciplined to not go shopping when that's happening and not buy more because you'll just end up with a bunch of stuff and all your money is tied up in these shoes that aren't selling. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was just a way to get a little extra income and I probably made you know 400 bucks off that in like one semester at school and I realized that when I was running out of money in the spring that that last $400 was really important. Uh, so I just, kept, I just kept doing it here and there. Um, it also, it helps me because I know like uh, shoes, for example, that make it to Ross, they probably just didn't sell it like a department store or retail store. So they kind of make it down the line. Nobody bought them. People passed them up. It's not really that it's a bad shoe or nobody wants it. It just wasn't in the right place at the right time. So it gets marked down to these crazy low prices. Sometimes they're mismarked. 
Um, and, you know, I, like I got those Air Maxes for thirty dollars. You know, that probably shouldn't have happened, but yeah. but because um, I think the retail on that was like one hundred and thirty. So it's also gratifying to find shoes for cheap and then sell them for less than retail and give somebody a good deal and it's benefiting you too but I'm not you know asking top dollar for these shoes I'm trying to I'm genuinely trying to help other people out too um, and give them a deal and you know it just benefits everybody do you have a certain I don't know if we've actually even talked about this but you we talked about it briefly on Instagram a couple weeks ago but do you have a shoe right now that like you absolutely like let's this is not to sell it obviously be for yourself but like a shoe that you really, really want that you, it's too much money, I guess I could say. Like what's the shoe that you want that's too expensive? Um, or if you had the funds, about, would you just drop it right now and buy it? <laughs> <laughs> if I had the funds, well, I don't know, it's tough to say that now. Because um, I'm in the stage right now, I'm just trying to build up my bank account. Every summer I just go into like savings mode where I just try to put away as much money as possible. I guess coming school year, but I'll, I'll rephrase but, it and say like, what if you did like I gave you like a grand and said you have to spend this on either one pair or multiple pairs of shoes. What would you buy? Like I'd a shoe, and it has to be like it can't be like you can't say like oh I'm gonna go out and buy like ten pairs of Nikes because right, right. that's what would equal like a grand. One elite shoe. Yeah. If if money was no object, if I had unlimited money, I I do like a lot of the off white, the Virgil Abloh like collab with Nike. I like a lot of the retro Jordans. Uh, but I'm, I don't, as of right now, I don't wear them much. I have one pair of 11s, uh, which I do, I, I like a lot, but I just, I don't know, it's a different look for me sometimes. But I do, I like the off-white, uh, I've been trying to get off-white Vapor Maxes for like a long time, and I just can't get myself to pull the trigger on like a 400, 700, whatever, they just... They, they fluctuate, yeah. They, yeah, the fluctuation in price is crazy. Um, but I just, I've never spent over $100 on a pair of shoes. Um, so I just can't get myself to pull the trigger on like a designer pair of shoes that's going to cost me you know, $1,400 or $300 or $700, whatever it is. But I do like uh, Virgil Abloh's uh, collabs are pretty cool. They're different. Uh, I don't really like the deconstructed ones as much. Yeah, those are a little weird. Because, um, yeah, it looks like you just pulled them all apart. <laughs> and so it's kind of, it's interesting. It's to see strange, that, but, yeah. But the, the Off-White brand and the way that that blew up is pretty cool because it doesn't seem like he really added a ton of value to the shoe. It's not like he plated it with gold, but they go for $1,500 or But, I mean, it's, he put his own touch on it, though. Like he, Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. it's a shoe, but it has his own, like, it has his art, like an artist's, like, uh, I don't want to say perspective, but like what what can you do to make the shoe cooler? Or like yeah. what can you do to make it more desirable? And they just add like tiny things like little tags or like, um, I know a couple of them have, almost all of them actually have zip ties on them, right? Yeah, like they, they come with the, like a red zip tie and kind of, it's like, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say tradition, but that's like customary to like leave it on there. And that's mm -hmm. kind of how you flex, like, oh, these are real, like they have the zip tie. Yeah. Because um, I know there's plenty of companies out there that make fake ones and did you ever buy a fake pair? I don't remember if you ended up doing that or not. Uh, not off-white. I bought these. <laughs> the ones, the Yeezys I'm wearing now are fake. But um, yeah, I don't. I don't really. I don't try to flex them. I don't try to like show. Up. They're actually very comfortable. Like I said, I'm kind of into comfort now, uh, function over fashion, a little bit. Yeah. Um, I decided to just go ahead and spend like I think they're like forty-six dollars on a pair of you know fake Yeezy Boost three fifties, and I was. I'm happy with them. I 
there's little things that I could definitely tell that they're not real. But um, you know, anybody that asks me, I just tell them they're not real. <laughs> like I don't, yeah. I'm not trying to lie about it. I'm like, dude, they're not real. They're fifty bucks and they're so comfortable. So I really don't care. <laughs> I don't care what you say. <laughs> they look nice. They're comfy. I don't, that's about all I care about. Yeah, they're fifty bucks, not two hundred fifty to whatever they possibly get up to. Yeah, they retail for a stupid amount of money. I would say I'd say definitely for me it'd be either like the Vapor Max Off-Whites would be one I definitely want for sure. They don't make my size though, unfortunately. They don't make them at all. They don't make 14s. No, they stop at 13s. All Vapor In- Maxes are stop they all stop at 13s. Really? I wonder so, if that's like a structural issue. I think I mean the air bubble probably just, just can't handle that, but um, yeah. I would say the biggest shoe that I'm wanting to get is any of the Travis Scott yeah any of the Travis Scott shoes that have come out like the white ones the white Air Forces he took he had come out a couple years ago With the brown on them the brown and white ones oh the Air Forces the Air Force yeah, yeah that you can Air like Jordan. you can change out the, the swooshes yeah. on and like you have the, the new green ones that he just released this past year he has like a couple different green yeah. ones there uh, I don't like remember what Jordan model they are sixes, I think they're I think. sixes yeah and then the the blue Travis Scotts, the Cactus Jack ones, like those, those are definitely lot. the ones I like the most. And I I know those retail for like eight hundred bucks. Yeah, like there's and no there's no way I could pay for like nah. that much money for a pair of shoes. So no, I do love those. Uh, I I I meant to say that earlier. Um, I love the Travis Scott collab with Jordan, and a lot of collabs with Jordan, but um, and just Jordan shoes in general, but. Um, the Travis Scott fours, the blue ones are really cool, and that actually inspired me. I I ended up buying a pair of cleats from like Burlington for probably like fifteen dollars, and they were my size, and they were like white and black. And I decided to get this cleat paint that I'd seen these uh, custom cleat uh, companies use, and I decided to custom paint these cleats into my team colors. So I had blue paint I had white paint and I got this like gold paint for those cleats but I had blue and white so I decided to mix them together and take another pair of cleats that uh, I didn't really wear that much and they were the Jordan 4 baseball cleats and I decided to uh, custom paint them to look like the Travis Scott 4s and there's obviously a lot of differences right now they're still like a work in progress but I definitely from a distance you can you can see them and it's pretty cool like I'm not very artistic, so for me to have done that is like a big accomplishment for me. Whether I ever wear them on the field or not, I'm like pretty proud of them, and, and yeah. I think they look pretty cool. But I yeah. would say I'd say you're artistic, though. You always drew some really cool stuff when we like. You always gave me like drawings <laughs> of me as like a professional baseball oh. player, and like you'd always draw yourself as a professional yeah, baseball player. I forgot like, about that. When I was really young, I used to draw a lot. They weren't very good, but they were. Yeah, I did. I did like kind of doodle a lot, and. Uh, then I would I would like draw on like church bulletins when we were in church. Too. Yeah, yeah. But I just I think and that's one thing that made me realize I wasn't very artistic. Is I would doodle if I would get bored or something like that. I would draw this picture and I remember <laughs> one specifically. I would draw Siesta Key Beach. I draw the beach. I draw the waves. I draw a lifeguard stand with all the detail that I remember from the lifeguard stand. Maybe some birds and some people in the sun. And I'd probably spend, it felt like I'd spend hours on it, it was probably like a half hour or something. But I'd be like locked in, trying to draw every detail, make it look as realistic as possible. And then when I kind of sat back and looked at the whole thing, I'm like, dude, it looks like a four-year-old did this. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I stopped drawing. 
Well, I've never gotten into it because I can I barely I can barely even draw a stick figure. So like I and it was always fun to have you draw like the pictures, the caricatures of us. Like you always gave me ones that like I don't remember if it was me or if it was you, but I always remember having drawings from you um, of us as baseball players in the future, which was really cool. Um, but yeah kind of steering away from sneakers into our last topic because we're running out of time here. It's already, we're already over an hour. Wow. Um, but um, we can kind of talk about music just a little bit, but like music's kind of the same thing as shoes as far as like, I feel like you and I have both always been into music quite a bit. Um, and not necessarily even the same artists, but like we've always had a good appreciation for like different kinds of music. Um, I always remember like anytime we always hung out, like when towards the end like before we started like uh before you went off to school or like um other things happened i guess um we'd always be listening to music together it's like one of the things that we always did yeah um, and that's one of the other things i feel like we we definitely bonded over for our like i never could play an instrument i know you played a couple instruments for a while um you could always play the guitar if i remember um i can only play like one or two songs on the guitar but i played drums growing up yeah, and then I got out of it in high school. I just I just wanted to focus on baseball. Yeah, but yeah, music is definitely another one of those things that we both really really enjoy. Um, and guys like Mike Studd is one of the guys that we definitely both really like a lot. Right. Um, and his music is it's crazy too because we can relate to it because he's a former baseball player and he, right. I mean he went through Tom he went through Tommy yep. John yeah so Tom I mean that's John. easy for you to relate to definitely. Um, and he's um, best friends with one of. Probably, if not my favorite baseball player, Marcus Stroman. Yeah. Um, and it's just crazy how that all connects with, with, with each other. Um, but, and I guess moving into the last, the last question is, um, this is kind of just off the dome. Like I oh, came yeah. up with it. I don't even know if you're gonna have an answer for it. Um, but the question I came up with was, um, what's the strangest situation you've ever found yourself in while at college or just in life that you remember growing up? So you can take either Crazy one and really and either run with it. Like a funny, even just a funny situation like that you just like remember growing up or like something happened that, that like looking back on it makes you laugh or like just thinking about like your early times at college or like really whatever you want. <laughs> Man, uh, I got a couple like that just popped into my head. But um, one thing that made me laugh, I'm not going to go into a whole lot of detail on this, but, like, getting in trouble at co-op, that was funny. Yeah. Uh, looking back on it, because, I mean, we really didn't do much wrong. I'm not going to say anything, because it could be construed as doing something wrong, I guess. But I just got in, like, a bunch of trouble my junior year for not really doing anything. Um, I do remember that. That was kind of a strange... <laughs> it was interesting. Interesting time. But, I mean, it all worked out fine. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I didn't actually get in any trouble, I guess. I got it was, zero for it wasn't legal trouble, by the way. No. clarification. Gosh, no. <laughs> That's the thing that makes it funny is the fact that looking back on it now, you see that I don't know why I was in trouble for it. Other than, I guess, the one thing I asked for help on an assignment. But, yeah, I'm not going to go into a bunch on that. But, um... I've had, I mean, I have a bunch of crazy stories about, you know, baseball in college, and I've had guys climb up into the overhead compartments on the bus to go to sleep. Um, I had a guy get to the hotel, and we, we were instructed to stay on the bus, and he was towards the back of the bus, and he decided it was time to get out, so he just popped the emergency roof exit and hopped out, climbed on top of the bus, closed it, and jumped off the bus. Um, so he can get off and get out and get some fresh air. 
Um, Dang. We went to the Christian College World Series twice. That was pretty fun. It's up in Easley or Easy. Easily sounds South right. Carolina. Yeah. It's right by Clemson, so I pretty much just say Clemson, but I was trying to get it right technically. But we stayed in a hotel in Clemson, right by the uh, college campus. So we just walk over every once in a while. And one day we went to the baseball field and walked around. One day we went to the football field. Um, it was the year after they won the national championship too. We got to go inside. Uh, we just we walked by and like everything's locked. It's locked up. The year before, our guys were able to like go on the field and throw a football around. But since they won the national championship and probably all the all the hype and craziness that comes with that, they locked the whole stadium down. And so we were about to turn around and go back to the hotel. It was like a 15-minute walk or something like that. And I saw a gate open and a van was parked outside it. And I kind of I was like, let me go check this out. And so I went in, kind of poked my head in, and there were these guys fixing the elevators. And so I just asked, I was like, hey, do you mind if like we just like kind of go in here real quick and take a picture? And he's like, I don't work for I don't work for them. So yeah, like I don't care. He's like I don't work here. He does work for them. Yeah, they hired him to fix the elevator. But he's like, yeah, I don't I don't work here. He's just like, don't get caught. I can't really help you. And I was like, all right. So I ran in there, <laughs> and we kind of got to look around and like be inside the stadium and go like down to the field level, and then run back up. We didn't we didn't take advantage of our little opportunity and do anything crazy. But yeah, um, that was fun. I remember on the way to either the baseball field or the football field, we were there was a, one of those speed limit signs that said like 25 miles per hour, but underneath it had like how fast you were going. And I remember watching The Office, and there's an episode where there's a speed trap, one of those speed trap things outside, and they're running by it and getting like their speed. And um, I decided I'm gonna try it, so I tried it once, and I I got like 17 miles per hour. And it actually, like, picked me up. There were no cars coming. I have a video. It's, it's funny. And then I was like, wait, it actually works. I'm going to see how fast I can go. And I got up to 19. Dang. Top to 19. Um, that was funny because we kind of recreated the office. They're like, 19, 19 is his number. <laughs> um, but that was, that was a funny story, too. Um, I've had a lot of cool stories in college, you know, as far as baseball goes and experiences. And there was one game... Uh, this past year where we were playing this team, we were losing by one. I had just missed a ball in the outfield, an all-out dive that I missed by like an inch and a run scored and I was kind of upset about that. You know, there goes our tie game, now they have the lead. And then I get up maybe two innings later with a runner on first and I, I hit a bomb and gave us the lead and hit a home run. And the next inning I come out of center field and pitch and close out the game so it just felt like that was a really fun game for me and um, crazy. There's a crazy story. We faced the number one and the number four team in the nation in our conference. I mean, they're they're both like crazy good. Uh, Southeastern is number one in the nation. St. Thomas is number four in the nation, and we were facing Southeastern. It's like my, I think it's my first or second game back off injury, and I get up with the bases loaded and this lefty comes in and. And I just, I hit a ball up in the air and it's a grand slam. And they told me later, the guys were heckling me in the outfield. I was playing left field, so I'm right by their bullpen. They were telling me, they're like, he's pissed off. He he threw the other day against the Tigers. They have an exhibition game against the Detroit Tigers spring training. And he said he threw it, threw a uh, scoreless inning against the Tigers. 
and then he gave up a grand slam to you, and so he's like, he's mad, blah, blah, blah. It was, <laughs> it was pretty funny, so That's I can kind of brag about that now, I guess. That's cool. But yeah, nothing nothing too wild. You know, I've, I've tried to behave myself. I know I can be rough too, though, but... <laughs> well, yeah. Um, especially in school, but um, as we close it up, uh, do you have anything you want to like? Do you have anything you want to plug? Do you have anything you want to throw in here before we before we wrap it up? Anything? Um, I don't think I have any plugs. I was just I'm glad to be on the podcast finally. I know, yeah. I know, like right as it came out, I'm like, dude, you got to get me on that. Like that sounds like so much fun. Like it's a great idea. Um, and just to sit back and talk about some memories and some stories and stuff like that. I mean, I could probably do like handful more of these definitely not run out of something to talk about definitely we'll definitely have you back on maybe we'll do one with andy too and we can do a joint yeah. episode that'd oh be a lot boy. of fun Gosh, we're not gonna get anything done we're, we're not gonna, gonna get be, anything done we're at just all. gonna be goofing off and laughing we're not gonna be talking about anything it's gonna that's, be a bunch of inside jokes that's gonna be the point though hey it'll it'll be entertaining it'll be sure. entertaining we'll so have to we'll have to film that one stay tuned for that one um, but yeah, if you don't have anything else to say, we'll wrap it up um, here at about an hour ten. So uh, solid. You can listen to this episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud now. So make sure to check it out on any of those platforms. And we will talk to you later. Peace. Bye.